Well, good morning, everyone. It is so great to see all of you here in person. And for those of you who are joining us online, if you're here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor of this congregation. And I pray that you have felt the God's presence as you worship freely uh, this morning. Uh, we are currently in our sermon series that is titled The Christmas Checklist. And uh, if you're here again for the first time, what we love to do is open up our scriptures so that way you follow along. I have four scripture references that I'm going to be sharing uh, today, as well as maybe one or two verses in between. Uh, some of those will be up on the screen, but the majority of them will be up, um, I'll, I'll be sharing that you can follow along. Uh, I'm going through this series through a book that is titled um, Because of Bethlehem by Max Lucado. So some of the things that I'll share is a few excerpts from his book. Uh, some of you, you may have been in the life groups that are doing that book, so you'll, you'll uh, hear some of the familiarities. But the very first uh, scripture reference I want you to look up, uh, look up is the First John in chapter 4. Uh, first John, and please note that this is not the Gospel of John. It is First John all the way towards the back of the Bible. Uh, chapter 4, uh, I'm going to be reading verses uh, 9 through 10. And as you're looking for it, I did want to share that throughout this series, I've actually been utilizing the second chapter of the book of Luke, where it talked about the birth of Christ, that uh, the uh, Augustus, the, the emperor, uh, Augustus had decreed a, a census, and then Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem, and he took Mary along. She was pregnant, and she gave birth to Jesus uh, while they were there. Uh, and then in the fields away, there were some shepherds, and the shepherds received an angel that had shared the message of the birth of Christ, and they had that, headed that direction to find Jesus uh, in, in the manger. And so keep that in mind as I continue on with this uh, uh, message here today. Uh, the, the first announcement, as I mentioned, was to the shepherds, and it took place in a small uh, village. Uh, and so I want to share that God does not matter where it is. God's going to show up no matter what location. And God's also going to make an impact on anyone no matter how humble they are. But one thing for sure is that no one needs to feel like it's out of, God's love is out of reach or his salvation. In chapter, the first book of uh, 1 John, chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, the Bible says this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. And I love this. It says, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That, almost, that passage almost sounds familiar to that John 3.16 uh, passage, for God so loved the world. Now, God loves us so much that he willingly gave up his divine privileges to become one of us in human form. And now the gospel book of John, if you're taking notes for later on throughout this week, John chapter 1, verse 3, God says, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Now think about this, with all the power to create such a universe, our loving God, when he was among us, had the power to feed, to heal, to comfort, and save. He never used it to harm. Even when he was mocked, or rejected, or spit upon and beaten. I'm gonna invite you to please open up to the book of Luke, Chapter 9, 
Well, I'll be reading verses 53 to 56. And as you're looking for it, it's unlike any common human response. Jesus never answered insult with injury. And he commanded his followers to do the same. He insisted on the love he modeled for us. And our human uh, instincts and stuff, uh, about two weeks ago, I shared an experience I had on the road when somebody was brake checking me, right? And so that is our, our response is our human response. But Jesus said, I, I'm not here to cause harm, but rather to save. So let's read on Luke chapter 9, verses 53 to 56. Maybe you found it in your Bible or in your devices on the Bible app, where it says, beginning on 53. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. Now when Jesus and John, excuse me, when James and John saw this, the disciples, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven to burn them up? Goodness, right? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. So they went on to another village. You know, sometimes when I'm reading scriptures, and maybe you're doing the same thing, and be like, what in the world were these disciples thinking? Like, they, what, what were they in their mind? Like, okay, so uh, Jesus, they're not accepting your message. You know, let's, let, should we call down fire from above so that way they can be burned up? Whoa. But, you know, if you think about it, you know, sometimes... You have said something that uh, here you're trying to share the message of Christ or the message of Christmas, and someone says, I don't believe that. Oh, Lord, shall we call down fire from above? You probably uh, use other words, right? Don't raise your hand if you do. It's all good. But I tell you what, sometimes be like, how are the people not getting it? How can they not get the, 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 the message of love through Christ that God has for us? And I'll get into that in a moment. But that's what Jesus did. He didn't want them to, he didn't want to cause harm. He wanted to use his power to heal, to feed, to save. And you know, another message, another passage is uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 through 46, when Jesus gives us another example that we, we are to pray for those who persecute us, to love our enemies. And that is so hard at times. But that's what Jesus' message is to his people. He set the example for us. But this Jesus, the Messiah, he was born in a manger. And for many years, we Christians have rightly celebrated the birth of God, whose great love brought him to this tiny planet in this vast universe. To get a powerful image of how great his love is, let me, let me just pause for a moment and just share with you something. It says, uh, Earth is one planet of eight in our solar system. Our sun is one star of approximately 100 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Our galaxy is one of approximately 100 billion galaxies in the universe. The immensity of that uh, creation is almost beyond imagination. Now, indeed, among people across the globe, Christmas is one of the most eagerly anticipated holidays of the year. 
And in fact, in many areas, the celebration begins ahead of time with a time called Advent. In fact, today we are in our fourth Sunday of Advent where you saw the fourth um, candle being lit. On Christmas Eve, the Christ candle, the one uh, in the middle, will be also lit, reminding us of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But Advent means uh, a coming. Uh, for us uh, as believers, is the coming of Christ. And when you consider the meaning, you realize that we're always living in Advent. Why do I say that? Advent should not only be just a four weeks in preparation for Christmas. Advent, knowing that our, our God, our Lord and Savior, was born, and then he, he died, but he rose again, that was his first coming. And why should we always be in Advent mode? Because we are also anticipating his second coming. In fact, John... The Gospel Book of John, chapter 14, verse 3, it says, When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. So the words of Jesus is reminding us and reassuring us that he will come again. So therefore, in our lives should always be Advent, anticipation for his second coming. I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bible to the first Thessalonians, Chapter 4, and if you're looking for it, I want to make sure that I help you out as much as possible. 1 Thessalonians is before 2 Thessalonians. In case, in case I mean, that helps me out too. <laughs> the 1 uh, Thessalonians, chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. Remember, I'm talking about the second coming, right? That we're in Advent, we're in, in, in that anticipation mode, and... So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. The Bible says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Which goes by what we read earlier that uh, Jesus is saying, I'm going to come back and so that way where I am, you may be also. Second coming. We should all be as joyous, anticipating Jesus' second coming as we are celebrating the first coming later on this week. But the second coming, ladies and gentlemen, will hardly be as quiet as the first. We have no idea when that day will come. But we are assured it will be unexpected. In fact, I usually like to tell the people, I know when people say, with everything that's going on, is the Lord coming? Or, you know, because they, they're basing it on the turmoils around, around them or, the, or they see the chaos around the world. But I, I usually like to tell the people, hey, I, I know when Jesus is coming. What? Tell me, Pastor. At the unexpected time. <laughs> oh, come on, Pastor. Actually, it says it in the Scripture, Luke chapter 12, verse 40. You must always, uh, excuse me, you also must be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come when, ladies and gentlemen, when you least expect it. When you least expect it. Every time I read this, again, I can't help it but say that to the people. 
We must always be ready. Now, how would you feel that if uh, Jesus uh, came back uh, tomorrow in the second coming? Will you be uh, receiving him with joy and celebration, or will you be in fear? Will knowing that Jesus can come tomorrow will cause you to change your behaviors or the way that you treat somebody or what you tell somebody or even how you're feeling about yourself or you should be a a person of worth because God died for you and for me? How how can we respond knowing that God's going to come back for his people so that where he is, we may be also? Open up your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 8. And as you're looking for it, uh, in the book of uh, Romans, the Apostle Paul offered encouraging words for anyone who may have more, being more fearful than joyful in knowing of Jesus' second coming. The entire eighth chapter of this book is reassuring, but the beginning and the end is especially impactful. So if you have found Romans uh, chapter 8, give me a good amen. Amen. If you're still looking, say, hold up, pastor. I heard heard a hold up. Okay, all right, cool. No, I'm lying. We're good. Uh, Chapter chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. I want to say that again because sometimes we just read through these so quickly. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you, have belong, you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Now go all the way down to verse, or find little verse uh, 38. 38 through 39, I love these words here. And I am convinced that nothing, can you say nothing? I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Praise God. Amen. It says, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be, able, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. God's great love for us made his first coming necessary and his second coming possible. It is important for us to joyfully celebrate the first while we eagerly anticipate the second. Now, every time that tragedy strikes, or when many feel that this world is out of order or in chaos, you may hear the words, or maybe you hear, you you say these words, oh, Jesus, take me now. Or Jesus, come now, or whatever other type of words you may use. You know, I used to say that on a regular basis because I really, I really didn't like what was happening and, uh, and some of the things that I'm reading in scriptures and you see things happen. It's like, oh, is it almost time? Is it almost time? Remember, it's unexpected time when Jesus will return. So I used to say things like that. Okay, Jesus, come. Why, why don't you come now? 
I mean, it's it, it so, the, the, it seems like the world is in chaos. Seems like the world is out of order. And God, when you created this world, it was, seemed like it wasn't formed. It wasn't, it, there was chaos, there was chaos there, but you put it in order. Why can't we do that now? God, just, just come now. I used to say that on a regular basis. However, I learned that during tragedies or turmoil, during uh, distractions and disappointments, during concerns and challenges and the, the et cetera and et cetera, the love of God always allows people to have the opportunity to repent of their sins. The opportunity to believe in Christ, the opportunity to accept Jesus in their hearts, the opportunity of accepting Jesus beyond just their hearts but their lives, the opportunity of, to live everlasting life with him. And I love what 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, which responds to what I was sharing every time I would call and God would say, God, why, why don't you come already? The Bible says the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the hardest parts is when people think that they have nothing to repent for. Another hard part is when people think that what they are doing is not a sin and continue living their lives the way they do because it makes them feel good or, or believe that they aren't doing anything wrong. But people don't realize that God has given them daily opportunities to repent. As already mentioned, the second coming will hardly be as quiet as the first. You know, like the manger, which Christ was laid when he was born? Is your heart ready to receive Jesus? Can your heart be that manger? Will people see Jesus in you? In that Luke passage of chapter 2, the, the shepherds were on the fields and they were able to find where Jesus was in a manger. And then the scriptures continued on saying that when they left, they went back to the fields, but they went different. Why was it different? Because they, after they saw Jesus, they worshipped him. They, they glorified him and they honored him as they went back. And they continued telling others what they had heard and seen, and it was for real. So your heart, your life, can it be that manger when you have Jesus in you, that people see Jesus in you? That not only are they seeing Jesus in you, but when they go back to wherever they, they, they came from, that they can go back and give honor and glory to God because of what they have seen in you and what they have seen in you as Jesus? Will they see the hope that you have in the one that will come again? My prayer is that every one of your hearts, every one of you, that there is a manger.
Let us pray. Loving and gracious, most holy God, we have heard the accounts of Jesus' birth and why he came in this world. Because you loved us so much. We're thankful that you have been patient with us. And every day you give us is another day of opportunity for us to repent of our sins, to another day to accept Jesus in our hearts, our, our manger. Our hearts, our lives can be like a manger in having Jesus. And not just for ourselves, but that others, when they see Jesus in us, that they may also be changed. We thank you that you have not given up on us and that you have been patient with us. As we prepare to celebrate his birth this week, help us also to be prepared for his return. We ask this in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Before we finish out today's service, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do have a few uh, announcements I want to share with you. Christmas is not joyous occasion for everybody, and we recognize that. Maybe it's your first year that you don't have a loved one next to you. Maybe you've dealt with years that the individual hasn't been there for you, but as a church, you want to provide a service of hope. That's tonight on this evening at 5 o'clock in our chapel. We encourage you to come and invite your family and friends and just hear a message of hope in the midst of what may be despair in your lives. Our Christmas Eve uh, services, we have one on Friday night as Eve Eve, uh, 7 o'clock here in our sanctuary. We'll also have a 3, 5, 7, and 11 o'clock on the 24th. But having those five services in two days, we want to make sure that we also take care of our staff and our volunteers. So we will not be having any Christmas Day service next week. So please don't come uh, you know, in person next Sunday. We will be pro uh, providing something online for you, but it won't be in person. I pray that you spend it with family and your friends on that day, remembering the reason we celebrate Christmas Day. That being said, also, our, our office will be closed on the 25th or through the January the 1st. This week, I will be sending out an information to our uh, folks who are in our email list to let you know what number you can contact me in case an emergency throughout that week. New Year's Day. New Year's Day is a Sunday, January 1st. We will only have one service, and that's at 8 o'clock in the morning. 8 o'clock in the morning, and we will be providing an online service uh, later on at 9 o'clock. You can watch us through our Facebook, YouTube, and our website. One service, and I got to be real with you, it's a, you know, New Year's Day, and maybe some of you will be partying hard, you know, on the day before. So we'll have that one service <laughs> at 8 o'clock, and uh, if you're able to come, you know, it would be great to see the chapel, even putting chairs out in our lobbies if needed on that day. And lastly, as we go through this, uh, this affiliation process, one of the items that are needed is a new church name. So we are opening it up. If you'd like to share and suggest a name for this church, 
You can go through our uh, events uh, section of our website or through our Church Center app. Love to be able to hear from you. Uh, because of the quick turnaround, unfortunately, we have to uh, make a little deadline. And that deadline is on the 21st of December. Not January, not February, a couple days. So I pray that, you know, it'd be great to see and hear some of your suggestions as we continue to move forward through this, uh, this affiliation process. And in fact, uh, my last announcement is that our lay pastors and Stephen ministers will be up here to pray with you. And in fact, one of the songs that, the, the, uh, Daniel, thank you. you. You got some words you want to be able to share with the people? I do. Okay, all right. So... I emailed Pastor on Friday night? Yeah, it was Friday. Friday night, and he was like w late working. <laughs> he replied to me. And I say, Pastor, let's do something different this Sunday. Let's invite the congregation. Be Every week we invite you to come forward. And some of you sometimes are afraid of coming forward. It, it makes me sad a little bit when I hear after the service, Daniel, I wanted to come forward, but I'm, a, I'm scared what other people think. Let me tell you, this is the house of the Lord, so it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. So take those barriers away from you. We want to invite you to come forward during the next song and take a leap of faith for the next year. We don't know what 2023 is going to be like. And, but we encourage you to don't be afraid because God got you. God he got you. But instead of being in your chair comfortable, come to the altar and pray. Bring your family. Uh, we're just going to sing a song and we're going to continue worshiping and singing. And even if live stream has to dismiss. Um, but don't leave today. Don't wait. Don't leave today without taking that challenge. Get away from your chairs. Come to the altar. This is the altar of God. That's what we have across. We, we praise his name. So we invite you to come forward. Take a leap of faith. Don't worry. Don't be afraid.